I wanted to preach this and worked on it for several weeks. Uh, pull a thought together, but I got something fresh. I want to drop in here. Thank you. Just springtime. It's a good day, good day to share this. There's a laws. There's certain laws that God has that just God just honors, and it just He just has laws. One of the laws God has is sowing and reaping. Well, not deceive whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I guess every law has exception. I was, I was kidding Papa, my daddy a little bit. And I love my little daddy, but I was kidding him. Daddy's 80, 86 years old, and daddy loves to garden. So we say you reap what you sow for the last few years. We'll go up there and we'll plow daddy's garden, and we'll plant some tomatoes and onions and peppers. And I'll, and we'll hang flags, and we'll we'll tie cans, and we'll put put little uh, survey strips, and and seem like everything's going good. Then right about the night, Daddy can ready to reap. Here comes a deer, and for Daddy can reap, the deer reaps. I remember about about three or four years ago, Daddy we planted watermelons, and his watermelons got up pretty. He called me that day. He said, son, two days we're going to have water. There was 19, about almost ready to pick. He said, son, we almost got watermelons ready. He called me the next morning. He said, son, he said, they came in last night. He said, they ain't even a peeling left. <laughs> so, and, and he, and he told me that we was talking the other day. He said, he said, uh, he said, he said, you reckon the Lord thinks I'm just wasting my time or my money? I said, daddy, some of us like to fish. They'll buy a boat. Some like to hunt. We'll buy a gun. And I said, we don't put enough food on the table to pay for a gun or enough fish to pay for a boat. I said, if you want to go out there and plow up and buy you a tomato plant and feed a deer, I don't believe God would mind at all. So just if you enjoy gardening, you garden, sir. I want to talk to you about sowing and reaping. You want to change. Would, would anybody be honest with me? How many like to, have to see some changes in your life? Would anybody just, just hold your hand up? Some changes? Right now is a good opportunity for some things to change. If you want something different, if you want a different harvest, we must sow or plant a different seed. Luke 6, 37, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall man give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that you merit withal, it shall be measured to you again. You necessarily won't reap today what you sow today. Whatever's going on now perhaps is a seed you've sown in a different season. But somebody ought to tell the devil out loud, this harvest won't last forever. And there's another one on the way. Hallelujah. This harvest won't last forever. Appreciate our visitors and everyone that's here today. If it's been a bad harvest, wipe a tear. Tell, tell the enemy this is going to pass. And starting today, I'm going to plant some good seed. We reap when we are sowing seeds of kindness or meanness. If we're sowing blessings or curse, if we're giving or being stingy, I believe there is reaping. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked for what? Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Psalms 126 and 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. 
Boy, you sow a little tiny seed and you reap this big watermelon. He, he said, he said, the tears that reaps joy is sowing in tears. The tear, the, the seed that reaps joy is tears. When you're weeping for somebody, God's going to bring you joy. Mm-mm-mm. You're turn around and tell somebody, I must be about to laugh. I've cried enough. There's an old joke or no saying that some people spend all week sowing wild oats. Then they go to church on Sunday and pray for crop failure. Amen. Don't even look around, just grin and say amen. Hallelujah. Sowing is a choice. We choose our own crop. It's an intentional, and you, you, you can just write it down. You'll reap from seeds you sow. The farmer knows his crop. He knows that sowing is an investment. If I sow hate, I am investing. If I sow anger, I am investing. If I sow bitterness, I am investing. He's equipped to sow and reap in accordance with the nature of his crop. And I'll reap what I sow. Simply enough, you won't get corn if you plant tomatoes. You can tell everybody I'm planting tomatoes, but that harvest will come up and it will reveal What's been planted? Number, you'll reap more than you sow. You'll reap later than you sow, but you'll reap what you sow. One single seed yields hundreds to thousands of its kind. I'm sure that John or Brother Jerry or Jeremy or Paul or, or Mike or Brother Andy, I'm sure each one can relate to this when you're working on a sermon or something, your mind goes a hundred ways. And, and I've got another thought I want to preach soon about that if, if Miracle Deliverance Tabernacle is a garden, then I, as Anthony Wynn, I have a choice. Will I take my little grain of corn or, or, or potato eye or a, a, a tomato seed or cucumber? Will I take that seed and put it on a shelf and say, I want everybody's attention or will I be willing to lose my identity and be sowed in the field of Miracle Deliverance Tabernacle so that I won't be a, a solo by myself, but I'll just be part of an eternal harvest. Hallelujah. 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 You'll reap in a different season than you sow. Winter, winter wheat crops in Kansas are sown in September, October for harvest in June. Plants don't germinate overnight. They're often delayed. James 1, 19 and 20. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. I, I could preach a whole sermon on this, but I just ruined this service, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you and I would say it out, out loud in our mind about twice before we blur it out, we might save ourselves a lot of trouble. You ought to turn around and tell your spouse, he, he just preached to you. If we'd, if we'd thank it, is this, is this, is this what they're going to hear? Is this what I really want to say? Luke 16 and 19, sowing and reaping. Let's get into the sermon. There was a certain rich man, this is his seed, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fired sumptuously every day. I, I'm, I'm going to plant into myself. I don't care about nobody else. I don't care about my neighbor. I don't care about the mission fields. I don't care about the sick and the wounded and the broken. I don't care about the man laying at my gate, hungry and full of sores. I don't even care if he gets a crumb or not. All I care about, me and my four, no less and no more. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fired sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs come 
come and licked his sores and it came to pass the beggar died. Now he's reaped. Even in this, he must have been a kind, gentle man for the harvest he's reaped laying there in Abraham's bosom. But he's reaped. Now it's harvest time. Or he's sowed. Now it's harvest time. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and he lifted up his eyes reaping time. He lifted up his eyes being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said Father Abraham have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may tip the, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said son remember the seeds you sown. Remember the opportunities you have. I want to tell somebody you quit looking at wicked and, and, and hypocrite people and think they're getting by. Some men's sins go before them and some come after them but everybody's going to have a judgment day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God would be merciful to knock the prop out of somebody let them reap on this side and get right with God and then to allow their little hearts to get hard and cold. Sometimes God just quits dealing with people and they go around hurting and being mean and anger. God don't ever deal with them and they end up busting hell wide open. Their heart's angry and cold. Somewhere there's a line and I don't want to cross it and I don't want you to cross it. Somewhere there's a line where old fashioned Holy Ghost conviction don't touch us or deal with us anymore. Somebody ought to say it out loud, Lord, don't ever quit dealing with me. Don't quit dealing with me. Sowing and reaping implies a weight. Nothing good grows overnight. The farmer must be patient in order to see the fruit of his labor. We, we reap the kind that we sow. Those who plant apple seeds should expect to harvest apples. If you sow anger, somebody's going to be mean back to you. You'll receive what you sow. In, in, in Proverbs eleven eighteen, the wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sheer reward. This stuff's so preachy, but I, it's so touchy, but I've got to preach today. In, in 2 Samuel eleven three, David not only had one precious wife, it was in another time, and I don't know how to preach that stuff. I'm going to leave it alone, but he had, he had more than one. He had everything should have, should have met his physical or desires beyond anything but David when he should have been out to battle when he should have went to church when he should have been living for God he tarries at home people stay in trouble when they when they pull away from what God's called them to do people get in trouble when you when you get tired of the battling you just pull away well I'm, I'm tired of trying to worship and pray and seek God and, and he goes up on the house in, in, in late in the evening and this woman's bathing and, and David knew who she was he knew that she was the wife of one of his most famous soldiers. He knew she belonged to another man. I'm going to preach something real touchy, but you hear me. My daddy preaches this over and over and over. You may not can stop a bird from flying over your head, but you don't have to let it build a nest. Hallelujah. 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 I, I just feel like preaching for a minute. People that work in factories or people that stop at a certain store too much or go places, if, if the opposite sex starts being too friendly to you and there starts an attachment, you you need to say, I've got a wife or a husband at home that loves me. I'm a Christian. I'm a man of God. Hallelujah. I, I can't allow this kind of comfort. And I feel the Holy Ghost now. Hallelujah. David, David allowed some stuff to move in a man that shouldn't have moved.
moved in the man after God's own heart. And he didn't nip it in the bud. So he sinned and he acquired wealth after her. And he lay and he brought him to her and he lay with her. And he sent for her husband out in the battle and he brought him in. And he thought that what David, David found out she's pregnant. So he's cover up. Now he's got a scheme. He's going to cover up. He says, I'm, I'm going to get this man go home. He's been about in the battle six months. His wife's beautiful to move a king. He said, he'll sleep with her. He'll go back to battle. She'll have this baby. Nobody will count up that the baby was born a month early, that it's my baby. Nobody will notice it. We both got dark hair. I'm ruddy hard. We got similar complexion. Nobody will know. But this man loved David so much. He lays at his gate all night. He won't even go home and eat a bowl of beans. Won't go home and touch his wife. David gets him drunk and he still won't go home. And the God saying, David, I'm trying to cut you off and get you to repent. I'm trying to stop you before you cover this sin. It becomes another sin and another sin. I'm trying to stop you. I'm trying to get you to deal with yourself. Spirit of the Lord. And David won't deal with this self. And so he sends a, he puts a letter in his hand and Uriah thought it was a commendation. But it said, when you get in the heat of the battle, pull back and let Uriah die. And they thought this man, we love him, but he must be a traitor or something horrible for the king to want to kill him. They didn't realize the king just covering his sin. So they bring word back that Uriah is dead and, and David can sit back and gloat. I've covered up my sin and nobody knows. But David didn't know that the sin of sex of adultery that he sowed, that a few years later his son Amnon is going to rape his, his daughter, his half-sister Tamar. He didn't know that there's reaping. He didn't know that the man that he had had her murdered, that he'd stand weeping over the grave of Absalom. He'd say, Absalom, my son Absalom, I wish to God I could have died. And he's not saying I wish I could lay down and die right now. But he's saying about 20 years ago when I was up on that rooftop and there's something moving me wouldn't ride. I wish I'd have died to my flesh because I don't like what I'm reaping right now. I wish I'd have got down and got right with God. I know it's not a good time to do it, but I wish 50 people would stand to your feet and say, God, don't ever quit dealing with me. Lord, if I get cold or if I get weary or if I get discouraged, if I pull back, don't ever quit dealing with me because those whom he chastised, they're his children. Those whom he corrects, they're his children. God, don't ever quit dealing with me. Don't ever quit dealing with me. David stands there, man, after God's own heart, understanding God's character. He says, my reaping is almost more than I can bear. I can't stand my reaping. Well, it's, it's me. It's my life. No, no. It always involves others. Well, I'll do what it's nobody. No, it always involves others. Well, it's my soul. I'll go to hell. No. It's your babies. It's your spouse. It's your, it's your friends. You're not a loner. Second Samuel 3.27. I could preach on this for 20 minutes. We'll hit it quick. And when, Abra, when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly. And he smote him under the fifth rib that he died. For the blood that shall his brother. So here Abner is reaping what he sowed, he slowed another. But what Joab don't realize, I'm sowing seed now. I could give this man mercy or I could give him judgment. Ain't having mercy on this sorry man. I got to stop preaching and talk to one person in this room. I know they folk done you wrong, but you've not always been an angel. 
God's begging somebody, let it go. Just let it go. Cry, Lord, forgive them. I'm going to get up. I'm still alive. I've lost stuff. They did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel an anointing in this room right now. Hallelujah. Don't keep sowing anger over stuff you can't turn back around. Now, this was one of King David's number one men, Joab. But now David is gone. The kingdom's changed hands. Solomon's king. Solomon's sending out everybody that would conspire against him. I saw something last night. I got to dig back into it. I got to dig into this. That, that Agashai, if I'm saying her name right, this young virgin, she laid with David. She laid with David. And, and one of Solomon's brothers went to, she said, would you get that little girl for me? David's gone now. So would you get her for me? And she just thought that he is a poor little lonely man. Solomon's about to get the throne. She's going to get him. But what she didn't recognize was whoever gets that bride has right to that throne. Hallelujah. 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 They're religious spirit right now trying to get the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said there another person stepped up and it ain't the real Holy Ghost that's trying to court the bride of Christ. But you ought to tell the devil, I don't want you religion. I don't want you dead works. I want the, I want the groom. I want the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say that loud. Hallelujah. Dead religion. You can't satisfy me. I want the one that's headed to the throne. Hallelujah. I like what I feel in you. I want the one that's headed to the throne. So, so, Todd, Solomon's doing some house cleaning. And he remembers, he remembers that Joab had took the life not only of Abner, but he took another man. And he says, he must go. I preached this 30 years ago. And every time I've touched on this, it scares me to death. We preach in the last days there are going to be great moves of God and healings, and I believe that. But listen, here, here, there's a cleaning, and there's a purifying in the church right now. First Kings two twenty eight. Then tidings came to Joab, for Joab had turned after Adonijah, though he turned not after Absalom. And Joab fled unto church. He went into the tabernacle of the Lord, and he got hold of the horns of the altar. Now this man runs to church. He runs to the to the. Old tabernacle, and he gets hold of the altar. God, God, I know I messed up, but would you have mercy, God? Would you give me another chance? And the heavens were silent. I feel the Lord in this room right now. Hallelujah. 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 It was told Solomon that Joab was fled into the tabernacle of the Lord, and behold, he's at the altar. Then Solomon sent Benaniah, saying, Go fall upon him. And the king, 1 Kings 2.31, and the king said unto him, he came back and he said, I can't fall on him. He's in church in the altar. He's wanting help. He's wanting mercy. And the king said unto him, Do as he has said, and fall upon him and bury him. He said, If you're going to kill me, you're going to have to kill me right here. Do as he has said. And fall upon him and bury him. That thou may take away the innocent blood which Joab shed from me and from the house of my father. And the Lord shall return his blood upon his own head. Who fell upon two men more righteous and better than he. And slew them with the sword. 
he killed two. He's going to reap what he sowed. He took life. Now he's going to reap what he sowed. He took life. He's going to reap what he sowed. He, he, he hurt people. Now he's going to reap what he sowed. And this is all I want to preach today. But I want to preach, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Would you bow your head? Would you pray? I'm going to preach a little while. Would you pray, Lord? Life's made me hard. And I've got hurt. And I've got hard. I used to be gentle. And I don't sow much mercy anymore. But I don't want to reap what I've been sowing. Would you let a healing come in this service? Would you, hallelujah, would you let mercy come in this service? Would you let kindness and gentleness come in this service, Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God, be not deceived. God's not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I believe last Sunday service, the four faces of ministry, you don't know how encouraged this church, you don't know how you encouraged me Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I got more texts and emails from that sermon than I've probably gotten a year. So just thank you for your kindness. And I, and I think I, I might get some from this and I hope they're good, but you gotta hear what I've got to say right now. Friend, you are going to reap what you sow and nobody's exception. Nobody's an exception. Just, you're, 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 you're not God's little pet. You're not going to sow and get by. And there is a God. There is a God. Sometime you can move him and he'll walk up to that field and he'll pull out those tires and he'll burn them. And there'll not be a second's harvest, a second year. But some seed, you let it come up, it's going to keep refettling the ground. And it takes a little while to get it all up. Hallelujah. But there, hallelujah. Somebody ought to say it aloud. The devil, I do have a past, but they will be an end to this harvest. Some, hallelujah. I felt the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God won't let me cry the rest of my life over mistakes I've made. There will be an end to this. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. Hallelujah. God has a way. God has a way of, of taking the equation of time out of it. Hallelujah. He has a way of mending and healing. I think I'm going to get your attention on this. Let's reverse it. Let's look at look here. You won't write this down, I promise you. Matthew 26, 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gadareth, and saith unto the disciples, Set you here while I go and pray yonder. Now, let, let's break this down and look at it. I know I'm scared to death of Jesus. I love him more than I love the breath I breathe. I'm scared to death of him. But you've got to understand he was God and man. And I know that part was sinless and spotless, but yet that man part was an example to you and me. If he would have come, if he would have come with celestial body, a celestial, if he would have come with an angelic body, he would not been an example to me. But when the word was made flesh. Hallelujah. I said when the word was made flesh and the word can cry forgive them, that means you can cry forgive them. Hallelujah. When the word was made flesh and hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody ought to praise him out loud. Hallelujah. I can't do that. You can do this. He took upon him the form of a servant. He took upon him the form of flesh. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody ought to praise him out loud. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
said, he took up on him the form of a servant. Mm-mm-mm. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory. I know, I know, I know the God part will walk on the water. But the man part will want to eat a piece of fish. I know the God part creates worlds without end. But the man part will say, I just need one friend. I just need three friends. Will you watch with me? Does anybody hear what I'm preaching now? I know, I know the God part will say, Lazarus, come forth. But right prior to that, the man part will weep. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Somebody ought to praise him out loud. Hallelujah! So inside of you and me, there's that God part, but there's that man part. And so the man part, the man part is saying I just left Brother Smith, and I'm going to have to dig into this. He just, when he said it in service, it just dropped in my spirit. He said at age 30, he goes up and hugs his mama, kisses her, says, Mama, you've been good to me. don't know if I'll ever be back in this little house. I've started a mission. I'll come to your meeting, son. I'll follow you around. I want to see you, Mama. But after today, I don't belong to you. I belong to them. Hallelujah. They said when Abraham Lincoln took his last breath, the turned to the wind and he crossed his arms and he said, now he belongs to the ages. When Jesus walked out of that house, he said, I'm not your little baby anymore. I belong to them. Hallelujah. Can somebody praise him out loud? I got to take my time so you can get a hold of this. Hallelujah. And he took with him. He didn't take the 7,000. He didn't take the 4,000. He didn't take the 70 sent out. He didn't even take the 12 or the Judas is gone. He didn't even take the 11. He took three. Three of the ones that was closest to his heart. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Will you tarry here? Will you watch with me? But Rick, it wouldn't, it wouldn't strange. It wouldn't likely you and I were talking about this. We all got a lot of problems right now. Be honest. Turn around and tell somebody, I got more problems than you. Please be honest. We all got a lot of problems right now. I don't need you to, I don't need to ask you to pray for me and you say, yeah, and forget me. I'm going to be honest enough to ask prayer. Flip your plate over. Get down on your knees. Pray for me. Don't tell me you're going to pray for me and forget me. We don't need help every day, but every once in a while some of us need help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to carry me 24 hours a day. But every once in a while, I need somebody I can lean on. We got we to get rid of this stigma that, that preachers are superheroes. 
It does two things. It does two things. It promotes me to a place that I can't walk in because I'm not a superhero. And it'll always condemn you because you're thinking about, Anthony ain't got no problems and I've always got problems. We all got problems. We all fight the devil. We all living in a real world. And there's only one Jesus and he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He's a present help in time of trouble. There's only one Jesus. He's king of kings and he's Lord of lords. He's Emmanuel. He's prince of peace. He's a friend that sticketh closer. He's a lover of your soul. Mm, mm, mm. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, God, give me a greater burden for my church family. Jesus. You, 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 I'm going to preach this till you get a hold of them. I'm not going to go until you get this. Jesus, your Savior. Jesus, the one everything hears about, everything's about. Jesus said, I need a friend. Please help me. Turn around and tell somebody, quit beating yourself up. If he needed a friend, what's wrong with you needing somebody to lean on? If he needs somebody to pray for him, what's wrong with you? Say, Lord, I can't face this by myself. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who to ask. I just, I just something dropped in my spirit right then. Jesus had to be careful who he asked to go with him here. Because he didn't want, he didn't want, he didn't want some little frail, timid soul to see somebody about to give up. So he had to, he had to share his battle with somebody understood warfare. Don't run around at work telling lost people your church battles. You don't have to be phony and put on a smile, but don't, don't tell them all you're going through. They're scared to death of church anyway. They're afraid of God. It's not that you hide. It's just you know what the end's going to be. You just know the race is fixed. I'm going to walk out of this. It's going to be all right. Oh, somebody ought to praise him out loud. I just know weeping man dear for night, but joy's coming in the morning. I know he's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. But while I'm in this, Jesus said, while I'm in this, for the next 45 minutes to an hour and a half, in fact, one hour, can you watch with me one hour? For the next hour, I need somebody to lean on. Now, I know some of you are going to wrestle with this, but I'm going to preach it. So, Jesus, Jesus of all the great names in the Bible, why didn't they stay awake for Jesus? Anybody ever thought about it? Why did they fall asleep? Because back... Lord, help me preach this gentle. I'm scared to death of you, Lord. Because back in Luke 8, 22, the man part. Luke 8, 22, and it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake and they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and they were in jeopardy. He fell asleep when they needed him. And then when he needed somebody, he said, I can't devere from my word because Jory's watching my word. 
I can't have hallelujah. I can't have any exceptions. Hallelujah. If I'm going to tell Anthony he's going to reap what he sowed, then my man part got to reap what he sowed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I, can I preach? Can I preach? If Anthony's going to have to cry alone sometime because he didn't help another brother or sister cry with them, if I'm going to let him cry alone, I got to learn to cry alone. This is what I want to preach to somebody. If you're tired of crying by yourself, be there when others are crying and you'll never cry by yourself again. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, make a point, but I'm doing this so his church will feel your hurt and pray with you. Would you come help me just a minute? Would you come here just a minute, Andy? Andy yesterday buried his precious little mama. And there's several in this church. There's several in this church. We walked by and hugged his neck and stood with him. And when I hugged his neck this morning, the first thing he said with me, he said, thank you for being there. And I know what your excuse is. You said, I'd go, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I just know how to show up. But I'm too busy and I'm too tired and, and it's going to make me feel, feel bad nothing. This man's world's falling apart. But it's going to ruin my day, ruin your day, nothing. His whole world shook. His life will never be the same. Hallelujah. Can I preach? We got a church that wants to shout together. We don't want to hurt together. We want to run up down the aisles together and we want everybody to go home and cry by themselves. But if we're going to touch God and if we're going to have personal victory, we got to learn to cry together. We got to learn to be there when somebody says, I need you. We got to learn to be there when somebody says, I'm in trouble. We need to learn to be there. When somebody says I'm hurt, we need to learn to be there. When somebody says I don't know what to do, we need to learn to be there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would everybody lift your hands toward this young man and say, Lord, send peace to him and his daddy. Hallelujah. 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 Send peace to little Brenda, Lord. Hey, feel little thank you, son. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 I, I, I got to preach this a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, I know you're tired and I know you've had a busy day, but these guys are hurt and they just need 15 minutes. They just need you to sit down and tell them, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. They just, they don't need, they don't need to see a miracle. They don't need to see a sign and wonder. They just need to let you know I'm with you. Friend, you can start letting folk know I'm with you. And when you need trouble, somebody will walk into your life. I said, if you'll let folk know, I'm with you. Oh, I feel the Lord in this room. Would you reach over and touch somebody? Would you ask the Lord, give me a new compassion for others. 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 Well, I'm, I, the Lord's talking my heart as I'm preaching. John, 16 months old. I've worked all day. I've come in. I've sat down. My little buddy gets about right here. He's talking pretty good. He just falls down flat. I mean, just flat. Dad. I said, John, come here and I'll pick you up. Come here and I'll pick you up. Come here and I'll pick you up. 
I'm just going to preach. Will you help me? Come church, we'll pick you up. Will, will you? He gets up. He gets up. He walks over and gets in front of me. I reach my hands out. I won't ever forget this. He says, why picking me up now? <laughs> this is the freshest thing I've preached from heaven today. When somebody needs help, you got from a 30-minute to a 24-hour span, they really need you. Hallelujah. 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 And if they'll walk into that space of time, it's not that you won't appreciate it later. It just won't mean as much because you're out of the battle. It's not, it's not that it's unappreciated. It means you've done fault to and got the victory. But if they'll walk into your life in that amount of time, mm-mm-mm. hallelujah. So here, here's what I want to say to the church today. When it, was, when it was 20 people, 30 people, Sheila and I, my children, we could take care of things. It got to 50, we might could. Got to 100, we couldn't. At 200, 250, 300, we can't do it now. I'm just one seed here. But you're, I'm not the only one that's a representative of Jesus in a miracle delivers tabernacle. You're a representative of Jesus in miracle delivers tabernacle. Hallelujah. 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 And I am so proud to be the pastor here and I'm so proud to be part of this body. I was in West Tennessee preaching a meeting this week. We've had two deaths. We've had crises. We've had sicknesses. And the only thing that was different here this week was mine and Sheila's seat was empty because of this body. There's not one need that I know of that's went unmet. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody ought to praise him out loud. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to praise him out loud. Somebody ought to praise him out loud. Somebody ought to praise him out loud. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I didn't want to preach this, but I'm going to go ahead and get on it. The Lord started, started me praying here a while back. This thing started getting my heart. I, I, and I, I'm not about to die. I'm not about to leave. I'm not going nowhere, but one day I will. But I don't want to give my, I don't want to come off the road preaching all over the nation enjoy, come here and sit down and, 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 and die. I mean, Sheila died next week. The building closed down. I, I want a church that's going to go on to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren if the Lord tarry is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So to do this, now, I, this is not part of this sermon. I just got to throw this in. To do this, hallelujah, A.A. Allen shook the world, but he was bigger than his ministry. And when he died, the ministry died because he was bigger than the ministry. But what, what we got to have here, and we're getting so close, the ministry's got to be bigger than you. It's got to be bigger than me. It's got to be bigger than John Wynn. It's got to be bigger than every one of us so that when we go, we'll just gather around, we'll cry for a day, and then the lost will still get saved the next year and the next year and the blind will see and the lame will walk hallelujah hallelujah I'm challenging you all over this room I wish you'd stand to your feet and say God what I'm doing for you I want it to be bigger than me hallelujah when I die I don't want all my family to backslide when I die I don't want all my lovers to get out of church when I die I don't want them to forget about speaking in tongues and Pentecost when I die I want to, I want to get this thing rooted so deep that the work of God goes on and 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 on. Tammy and Jim, I'm not, I'm not through preaching. I was going to come to you personally. I have a word for you. 
Stand up, daughter. Get a hold, Jim. I have a word for you. In the name of Jesus, I just speak a fresh peace over you. I asked Sheila, I said, babe, how do you, how do you handle it? Your mom being so sick. How do you handle it? I said, tell me how you handle it. She says, like the walls of Jericho. She said, I'll march around it. And I don't think about 24 hours a day. I pray. And then I go on and enjoy my life. Then I come back and pray. Hallelujah. I don't know what I'm saying. We've not talked a few words lately, but I'm telling you, when, when it was just you and a little two year old, you could fix everything. When it was you and a seven year old, you could fix everything. Perhaps a 12 year old, but they some stuff mama can't fix right now. You could sell everything, give everything, and next week it'd be that like it is. You keep praying like you're doing. You keep, you keep worshiping like you're doing, but don't keep it on your mind 24 hours a day. You're not the savior. He is. You're not the fixer. He is. You're not the healer. He is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. And in the, hallelujah, not just Tammy, but about, about four or five other mothers in here that's got little babies you're praying for. In the name of Jesus, I speak peace. Hallelujah. I wish somebody said out loud, this storm's not going to break my nerve. This storm, hallelujah. I got to let the world see that Jesus gives me joy unspeakable and full of glory. I got to hold my head up when I'm wiping a tear. I got to worship when I've cried myself to sleep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will tell you this. He that started a good work, he'll complete it. Hallelujah. We're not the Savior. He is. We're not the healer. He is. And I just speak peace over you, little angel. Brother Jim, I just speak peace over you. God, hear your cry. God of hell. Hallelujah. All over this room, why don't you lift your hands and say, God, touch our babies. Touch our children. Touch our families, Lord. Touch our loved ones. Touch our loved ones. Take care of them, Lord. Take care of them. Hallelujah. Till, till, till he bought the pearl and redeemed it and delivered it. He bought the field and hid it. Lord, hide them. Hide them till you bring them in. Hide them till you bring them in. I know this thing changed for a minute, but we got, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet and about 30 people start walking toward this altar? We're going to worship a little bit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, hide my little lost brother till you bring him in. Hide my lost sister. Hide my mom and my dad till you bring him in. Don't let the enemy touch him till you bring him in. Don't let the enemy touch him till you bring him in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want about 30 people come to these altars and the rest pray at your seat but you ask the Lord Lord I want a different harvest hallelujah